Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to a real spoiled bitch by the name of Mission Zach's Leguizamarama, the Night Clerk 2020. Uh, she's a real spoiled bitch. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled by this bitch... You're don't... just going to say spoiler warning. That's all you've got to say. I know. I, just, I feel like every time I need to make it a bit more creative. But what um, happens if there's a Night Clerk, someone who's like, I've always wanted to watch the Night Clerk... I've never heard of Mission Zach, and then they listen, and they don't know you're riffing, and they're just going to go, oh, okay, G- good to know that there's no spoilers in this podcast, but there are a lot of spoiled pitches. Fine. Here's your okay. spoiler warning. No, but you can also do the spoiled bitches thing. Make it work together. I was going to, I was trying, thing. but then you interrupted me. No, no, it was just a note, but keep going, keep going. You, no, now you can incorporate the whole thing. You spoiled it. Much like this episode of the podcast, you spoiled it. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizamarama, a podcast where two best friends watch every single film, television show, computer game. We're going to get into the computer games starring the one and only John Leguizamo, an actor that they both love from their childhood and um, they think is criminally underrated. My name is Zachary Ruane, who you might know from Mission Zach's Leguizamarama, a podcast where two best friends... Watch everything starring the John Leguizamo. Um, uh, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful, the fantastic, the fun, the funny, the charming Michelle oh Trump, who you might know from. Oh my God, from being so flattered? That was Get lovely. Out Get out of here. Thank you so much. You might also know me from that fringe festival show that never happened. That was a great week. That was a fun week. That was fucked. I posted um, that I was doing my first ever solo show for Fringe Festival on Instagram and six days later it got cancelled. So I'm a big old tease. (laughs) It was very funny. You were like, should I, like, announce it? And for some reason I just wasn't thinking about the fact that, like, there was, like, a 99% chance it would get cancelled. And I was like, yeah, go for it, girl. Tell the world. And I was like, oh, she meant, and then when you cancelled it six week, days later, you were like, oh, should I announce it because I'll likely cancel? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, she was asking me a very, uh, like, yeah, it was a big anti-marketing question. It was a massive anti-climax, but my God, that six days, my ego was a fire. <laughs> oh, it was lovely. It was a lot of support and I appreciate it. And the show will happen at some point. It's probably going to be a different show. Uh, and I don't want to talk too much about it, but um, I know the director. I'm sleeping with the director. 
sometimes twice a day. <laughs> As a little Zach's directing joke. my show. It's funny because he slips wanking himself joke. always. It is little very joke funny. About wanking yourself off. <laughs> Thank you. I got it. I, I got um, it. I understand that you masturbate once to twice a day. <laughs> no, I don't. That's outrageous. What am I? Fifteen? No, I'm thirty. Um, my hey, yeah. Go in your go. intro. Shoot. You mentioned mm. about the games that he's done. Some being Ice Age games, but I believe he's also a voiceover in Rayman 3. We really do – we get a lot of DMs about the games Mm. and we will do them. We just have to figure out how, even though we do know how, but we have to find it in ourselves to not be so lazy and Mm, actually fucking do it. So it will happen at some point. We do promise that. I mean, we've talked about like – you know, we may as well, like, we've, we, there's been whispers in the corridors of the Mission Zach offices of, like, should we start a Twitch solely for the purpose of playing John Leguizamo again? Yeah. Which is, like, a ludicrous thing to do because we have friends that, like, do it and it's, like, a lot of work and you have to be consistent and you have to... And we would literally just, with our little office webcams... Yeah. Be playing fucking Dude. Rayman 3 and then just never go on Twitch again, which would be very, very us. Before before lockdown, I went over very to... Very us. Very us. Uh, before lockdown, I went over to Lena's house and she showed me her Lena setup. Moon. Lena, Lena Moon. Lena Moon. Shout out house. to Lena Moon, comedian, writer extraordinaire. Uh, she did a Big Balls episode with us a few weeks ago. Go have a listen. It's one of our best. Um, <laughs> Uh, I went over and I saw her Twitch setup because she's a very popular streamer. She's very good at it. But the setup is so complicated. It looks like something from Minority Report <laughs> and mm. it was just too much for me. I um, I uh, got my hands on a PlayStation 4 this lock- lockdown and I've been playing Crash Bandicoot and I have had so many meltdowns from Crash Bandicoot that mm. I can't even imagine – trying to set up a Twitch stream when yeah, I can't I mean, like even my, jump my, on a barrel of womba fruit. My PlayStation 4 stopped working a year ago and then I called PlayStation and then there was like this Scottish lady there and I was like, hey, my games aren't working. And she's like, did you try this? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, all right, I'll send you an email of other things to try. And I still haven't tried them. And I just haven't played any games for a year. So Aww. that gives you now. So imagine layering into that. Trying to stream. You can actually watch it. I joined Mark Bonanno from Auntie Donna's stream when we were promoting our Netflix show. And I, it was the, my internet was not, <laughs> it was not a good time. <laughs> I remember and, but that it was, was really, very funny. <laughs> but it was very, very funny because, because I made a player. Do you, did you watch it? Did you watch it all? Very, very it? like in the background. I got not yeah. sort of and not really. I just, best remember. thing I did was with NBA 2K, which I downloaded, which, was part of the fucking problem, but you can make your own characters to the level of like eye width and like how. So I just made this tiny little balding man named like Spalding or something. There's this <laughs> tiny little balding man with bulbous eyes. It was as short as you can make him with like a weird little head. That's <laughs> great. Really dorky clothes. And it's so funny because you run around in NBA 2K, you run around with all these characters and everyone is just like creating their best self. It's like these eight foot tall Adonises. It's like the dream of who they want to be. Yeah. And then, uh, no, I, 
they just had this little man called like Spalding McDonald just running around. I love that. I think I love Spalding. Um, Straight up, Zach, Mm. last week after we Mm. recorded the podcast, Mm. you sent me a message and said, ask me the next time we record a podcast about the DM. Oh, my God. And then since then you haven't given me any information. I have no idea what you were talking about. I forgot about it. But this is me bringing it up as requested and you requested you for it to be done while we were recording. Uh, yes. Do you remember that the whole time? Oh, my yes. God. All right. Now I've got to find the DM. I can't remember. While you're looking, I'll <sighs> sing for everybody. Yeah, Maybe please. this time I'll be lucky. Maybe mm-hmm. this time he'll stay. Maybe this time. How many people do you think have stopped listening? For the first time, love won't hurry away. Okay, everyone, join in all together now. All the odds are (laughs) they're in my favour. Okay, if you know what song that is, chuck it down in our Instagram comments. Hashtag name of the song here. You know, you know the one. Go on, Zach. (laughs) I just want to say for the record, I found it ages ago. I just want to um, (laughs) give you the space to shine, sister. I needed that moment. (laughs) So uh, Kirsten um, DM'd uh, the Zach account and uh, got me on a lazy day, got me on a day where I was going through the DMs. So good one, Kirsten. Lucky you. Thank you, Kirsten. Was this on Zach Ruane or the mission Zach? Zach Ruane's, Zach Ruane's. So I don't t- check my, like I, I try to like say hello, and but not often, you know. Anyway, you got to get me on a, well, you got to get me when I'm watching like fucking Ice Age 7, then I'm going to respond yeah. to DMs. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirsten sent this DM saying, hey, Zach, big Leguizama Rama fan. A few apps back, you and Mish were talking about getting a weird BO after vaccination and you asked if any scientists listening could explain. Now, do you want to remind the audience because I don't super remember. Oh, my God. I just had a shiver down my spine. I am so excited. Yeah, see, I knew you'd love this. Okay, so reminder to our listeners, I am now double vaxxed. Well, vaxxed. I've had two, um, two shots of Pfizer. Thank you very much. Um. But everyone was asking, oh, like, what side effects do you get? So with Pfizer, the first shot, nothing really sore arm. But the second shot, I was super lethargic for about 24 hours after mm-hmm. I got the shot. Other than that, a little bit headachy, but nothing else. It was fine. I'm alive. I have 5G. I am magnetic. Everything's fine. You got COVID. Um, you, it, I got it COVID. You became I'm a dying. COVID. This you became a spike episode. protein. Yeah, Misha exactly. is right now just I've a floating into, magnetic spike protein. I have turned into a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Oh, that's um, so funny. But the weirdest thing that happened was 24 hours after I got my second dose, I smelt... So bad. The BO in my left armpit was out of control. Now I'm mm. a I'm a very clean person. Very, very it's clean. It's true. I don't I I never smell. I never break a sweat. I'm sure you're all very surprised by that. Um I'm I'm a deodorant lover. I'm a body wash lover. All my shampoos smell fresh as a daisy. I do not smell. I was lying in bed with my partner the day after we got 
the Pfizer shots. And I was like, babe, you smell like shit. And he was like, what are you talking about? I had a shower last night. I'm like, you smell really bad. He's like, I don't smell bad. I'm like, whatever. And then I got up and I realized that the smell was me. And I was like, this has to, and it lasted about three or four days where I smelt putrid. It was bad. Anyway, I, I mentioned that on a podcast a couple of weeks back. Well, Kirsten was listening and Kirsten is a biomed grad student. Fucking do you girl. And Kirsten said, I'm a biomed grad student, did a little research because I was intrigued. I found this article, which is pretty interesting. Seems like there is some documentation of changes to the immune system, changing body odour. Not a lot of research in this area, though, but very interesting. And the summary of this research, the the research is body odour changes following vaccination. It was... (gasps) Um, published in April 2nd, 2014 by the Monell Chemical Sensors uh, Centre. Yes, Monell. The summary is uh, new research reveals that immunisation can trigger a distinct change in body odour. This is the first demonstration of a bodily odour change due to immune activation. In quotation marks, this work provides further evidence that it is possible to use odors to eavesdrop on the immune system suggesting that non-invasive disease detection may be possible even before the onset of observable symptoms one of the researchers said oh my god this is great this is a whole study like it's 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 actually not that long and i should have read it it's but nice. in the great tradition of about 20% of the population right now, I'm going to read the summary of a research paper and make my own <laughs> uneducated conclusions. <laughs> uh, no, that's, it's good to know I'm not alone. I actually, I also got a DM. I don't have the name. I'm so sorry. But that just said, oh, my God, I thought it was only me. I also smelt like shit after. So... Um, Can I say for the record, I also smelt like shit after my vaccination, but about a comparable smelling like shit as before my vaccination. That's just me and ISO. (laughs) Me in lockdown, I smell like shit. No, I've, I'm, I, even in ISO, my house is cleaner because I'm always home. I'm, I'm super clean. You have no, I nearly cried. I was like, oh my God, it's me who smells. My partner was like, yeah, I know it's not fucking me. And I'm like, I, I can't believe I, is this forever? I thought maybe I'd have to get wow. Botox in my armpits, which is a thing. Wow. That's People amazing. get Botox in their armpits so that they don't sweat. But anyway, I don't smell bad anymore. Um, it only lasted like four days. Uh, go get vaxxed. Really <laughs> and then let me know your stinky, your stinky stories. Um, yeah, I would love to hear your stinky stories about how much you stink. Hmm. Um, and, and if you're thinking, listening to this, oh, wow, there's now maybe a one in 40 million chance I might have one stinky underarm, I'm going to wait and see. Mm. Well, then, uh, he, well, i got think some about thoughts all the on people, you. Think about all the people out there who went and got their second shot of Pfizer and then the next day they all smelt like garbage. How, how many people which, like, they should listen to this. Put the word out there so you know you're not alone because same Bitch. <laughs> um, hey, trigger warning to anyone who's lost anyone from COVID. I'll tell you what's more stinky. So just trigger warning, skip one minute. Um, I'll tell you what's more stinky than, um, than, a, than an underarm, a vaccinated underarm, mm. a dead nana. 
Yeah. I'd you say that's... fucking selfish cunts. <laughs> I think I would say with quite amount of confidence, I would rather live the rest of my life with a stinky left underarm than having killed your nana. That's a good one. You know what I mean? I would rather I smell you. like shit in one pit than kill nanas. Um, if you've got a problem with some of our, you know, our opinions... Um, please don't message me because I won't respond. I don't care. Mm. I'm not a scientist. Um, but I trust the people that know what they're talking about. Anyway, no, that's too much, too political. I don't want to have to do a Guy Sebastian apology after this. (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? Oh, my God, we haven't spoken about that. Because we don't need to. We won't do it here, Zach. No, we won't do it here. When we stop recording. No, I know. Um, anyway, we don't need to talk about vax, it on our podcast. Double vax. But we're going to talk about double the- vax. <laughs> double vax. So good to chat to you. Do you want to talk about the night clerk? Yeah, I suppose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll read the blurb and then mm-hmm. we'll talk about it. Um, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Do you know, I had an idea the other day. I thought what we should have done instead of the blurb is we should have read one good review, one bad review. Nah, I like the blurbs. Yeah, it's a you terrible don't like idea. The Do the blurb. Yeah, because I'm yeah. lazy. I think if you find a funny, if you find a good review or a bad review that you think is worth reading, let's read it. But there weren't many good reviews for this film. <laughs> Stop it. I went looking. Stop anyway, it. Let's, let's, I'll read you the blurb. Mm. The Night Clerk is a 2020. What? I did. Yes, I voiced. No, wait, wait. I. <laughs> Okay, so usually I write these blurbs, but I was doing the dishes before did I jumped on. Cheeky, Zach, you're and I you're, no 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 I didn't I didn't co- I didn't co- cut don't jump the gun I did not copy and paste I voice recorded my blurb. Ah, okay. So I, and now I'm looking back at it, and that's it says clever. the night clerk is a 2020 through and that's definitely not what I meant I meant thriller so I'm going to start again question Mish did you without editing improvise the intro into your phone and are now reading that yes rather than just improvise it now yes okay great carry on You judgy bitch. No, that's good. No, that's I'm not being a judgy bitch. You're I'm being, not being a, a judgy, judgy bitch. bitch. I'm not being a judgy bitch. Judgy wudgy was a bear. Who has been judged. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Throwing it back at you. <laughs> you don't. I don't judge your impro ones. You read wiki. You read the wiki descriptions. Hey, I usually add a couple of like uh, jokes in parentheses, and I and I often 
write the last paragraph. I don't copy paste. I never copy paste that much. Okay. Sometimes I copy paste. Anyway, carry. I don't. I don't care if you. If we went back to June 2020, Mish, when we first started this podcast, oh, she cared. But September 2021, Mish, don't give no shits. It's <laughs> best my new be- thing. Is that best believe. I'm like, whenever you're like, you have like, you know, you know, we don't really have issues. We're pretty chill. But if ever you like take issue with my approach, I'm just kind of like, we'll check in in six months when you're yeah, sick of it too. <laughs> well, like, like, for example, with this film, Zach watched it last night. I know. I watched it that? today. So how the tables have turned my friend because I watched this after you. Anyway, let me read this fuck blurb. <clears throat> the Night Clerk is a 2020 thriller directed by Michael Christopher of Original Sin fame. Original Sin is a movie with Antonio Banderas and he spits in Angelina Jolie's mouth. The Night Clerk, however, does not have as much spit. It does have a story about Bart, a young night clerk with Asperger's syndrome who witnesses a murder in a hotel he works at because he has set up a room with multiple cameras and microphones so that he can study human behaviour and mimic what they are doing, which is not how Asperger's works. This movie is kind of a whodunit, but not really, because it has a cast of seven actors in total. So figuring out who actually did the killing is not hard, because the chances of it being his mum or the murdered woman are very slim. Johnny Legs plays Detective Esparta, seemingly the only detective on this brutal murder, murder case that seems obsessed with the night clerk's sex life. <laughs> this movie is one hour photo, but 10 years later with a smaller budget and with Johnny Legs. How good's one hour photo? I love one hour photo. I reckon oh I watch God. that once a year. I think it is I, such a good movie. It is probably, oh no, I was about to say it's my favourite Robin Williams in a drama role, but po- Dead Poet Society is probably... I uh, do you know. I would say my favourite Robin Williams is um, in a drama role. Is uh, I'm having a mental blank. Gus Van Sant, Matt uh, Damon, oh, Good Will Hunting. Ben Affleck. Goodwill Hunting. I think he's so good in Goodwill Hunting. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah it's um, insane. That's actually yeah. That's a good point. So one but hour he's photo. He's very good in one hour photo. One hour photo is. He, Robin Williams is the most phenomenal dr- dramatic actor. You know, Robin Williams was a trained dramatic actor. Yeah, he went to Juilliard. He did go to Juilliard, but like, like he's a trained dramatic actor. He's just, uh, but then got Mork and Mindy, which is this like clowny, you know, schlappy. He did stand up as well. Like he, I think he started in stand. Like he did train. He trained as an actor, then he went into like stand up. Yes, then he went into Mork and Mindy. But yeah. his original love or his original kind of journey was being a dramatic actor. Isn't that crazy? He's Incredible. so good. He's such so a good. good. Actor. Yeah, so fucking um, amazing. But one hour photo. So one hour photo. What's so great yeah. about one hour photo? Let's talk about one hour photo. Okay, the thing that I love about one hour photo is it humanizes the villain. The villain is also the protagonist. It's yeah. this incredible. So basically, spoiler alert for one hour photo, everybody. Um, basically, Robin so genuinely, Williams. Genuinely, if you haven't seen one hour photo, because like maybe we have younger followers that oh, didn't go watch see it. it. Go, go see, see it. it at the movies. <laughs> go see it at the cinemas. No, go see it at Hobart. Go see it at Hobart Village. Um, no, so it's on Disney Plus. If you want to watch it, that's funny. Um, Star. Isn't it? It's yeah, probably on it's Hulu on in the US. It's on Star. You can watch Moana and you can watch One Hour Photo. Um, funny. Anyway, One Hour Photo is about this guy that 
works at a camera developing place in a like Target or a Kmart or kind of like that. They used to do that. This used to be a thing. You'd go get your you'd photos get a developed cam- yeah. and you'd get it back in an hour. Yeah, and so and this guy becomes obsessed with this family, and it's not a sexual thing at all. It's very much this this kind of loner type who has a real like affinity with this family, and he cop he makes two every time she brings in a roll of film, which seems to be all the time. He yeah, makes they take two, a lot of photos. That's the yeah. biggest like hole in that plot is like yeah. no family takes that many photos. I know, isn't it? Um, Some do, he though. he prints a double, and he has entire his entire house is coated in their photos. He's obsessed with this family. But what's so incredible about that movie, which you don't get a lot, is that you are sympathizing with the villain, this stalker, mm. this crazy. This crazy man, mm-hmm. you you want what's good for you want the best for him. It's humanized this character. You've seen incredible. the you, you seen Psycho? Have you seen you seen Psycho? Everyone's seen Psycho. Yeah, of so course. Maybe you haven't seen Psycho, but I don't want to assume you've seen Psycho. But I also don't go want to see like- it. It stars uh, Anne Hesh <laughs> and Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. You should definitely see it. Vince Vaughn and Hesh. My favorite thing about. Um, uh, I think that's Gus Van Sant as well, actually. We're, we're on a bit of a Gus Van Sant <laughs> thing today. But my favourite thing about um, that thing of that uh, Psycho film, um, I haven't seen it in ages, but I really want to rewatch it because there's been a certain reappraisal of it as like a weird experiment in like what happens when you do a shot-for-shot remake, like what happens to a movie, right? Um, that's the kind of consensus. That's the kind of thing now. But I reckon, I reckon what it was was Gus Van Sant was like, I wonder what would happen if you took that movie and changed nothing but added fapping sounds when he <laughs> spots. <laughs> and a titty. I think you actually see a titty. So Just like the idea of adding some fapping. <laughs> okay. Oh, so fucked. Um, um, anyway, you were saying he- about Psycho. The Psycho, there's the moment in Psycho where it shifts protagonists. So you think that it's Anne Hesh's story. (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets murdered 40 minutes in. It's this big sort of twist, which was in 1999. Shocking! (laughs) Because Anne Hesh was on all of the posters. Um, Anyway, it's 40 minutes into the story. And this protagonist who has like who has stolen money. There's this whole sort of story that's set up that never goes anywhere where you think that's the protagonist and then she dies. There's a moment anyway, so it flips protagonist and suddenly you're following Norman Bates. Suddenly this is Norman Bates's film and there's this moment that everyone talks about where like um, he puts her body in the boot of her car then he drives her car into a marsh and it starts to sink and everyone talks about like the genius of uh, Hitchcock in that like as the car is sinking, it stops sinking for a moment Yeah. and then it goes to a shot of him and he's like, oh, no, it's not going to sink. And it's like it's so well constructed that you as a viewer, you go, oh, my God, sink, sink. Like you start to freak out that the car and then it's like, wait a second, this guy just murdered our protagonist and here I am like feeling for him and like, encouraging the car to sink. Mm. It's like it's very powerful. It's a very powerful thing when you're like brought along with a with a um 
morally gray protagonist. I think the, it's a really powerful. They're the thing. best. I love. I love it when that happens. Another yeah. really good famous example, and I'm bringing up this fucking movie again slash musical is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm. Is you're backing Tim Curry, you're backing Frankenfurter. Because you want Frank and Frankenfurter is an evil cunt. He kills people, like the mental. But you want Frankenfurter to reign supreme in the end because it's Frankenfurter and fuck yeah. Like just like you want what's his face in one hour photo to kind of be okay. I want him to be in a bit of trouble because he's stolen all these photos and he's stalking this family. But also you feel really sorry for him. And I think that's when it's done really well. Let's talk about Night Clerk. <laughs> no, I want to talk about One Hour Photo. The thing I love about <laughs> One Hour Photo is the idea that you don't need to sympathise with a protagonist. You just need to empathise with them. Perfect. You just need to understand them. And I think that's the thing that people forget sometimes is they think protagonist, good guy, antagonist, mm-hmm. bad guy. All it is is protagonist is person that you are following, person through which you see the story from the eyes of an antagonist is the person, the force against them. And I think that's fascinating when a protagonist has a moral center that is not unlike, that is unlike your own or that is, that is not a moral center you share. That's so challenging as a viewer. hundred percent. What are some other films with that? (laughs) (laughs) Cheer for you. I'd say Taxi Driver is a big one. Uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver is, is a, a big very one. Powerful one. Um, um, oh God, you were what's... never really here, or you were never really there. I don't know um, that one. Uh, is a great. Uh, the director of that also did. We need to talk about Kevin. That's a great one. Don't know that one either. Oh, that's an upsetting film. Don't need to watch that. Mm. Brilliant. There's a game, The Last of Us. Yeah. yeah like spoiler alert for The Last of Us, Joel. Basically takes. Great. I've been playing great. The Last yeah, of Us a lot. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Oh That's yeah, I great. won't. It's great. You just like because we've just been throwing. I'm just going to say the name Joel. You all get it if you've played the game, and if you haven't, play the game. It's very good. Um, Zach, we really do need to talk at least just mildly about the Night Clerk. Okay. Because that's well, why everyone's here. about the night clerk. No, no, I have that's some stuff. Here. I, th- that's, that's why they're here. That's why they're here. I'm here for the night clerk talk. <laughs> um, no, I, I will say some stuff about the night clerk. Get <clears throat> on it. Cool. So um, you and I were actually just saying a few hours ago um, yes. to each other in a friend chat uh, that there are a lot of movies that kind of like 85 to 90% of movies that are made that just fall into this weird category of movies that everyone will forget eventually, despite the fact that a lot of money went into it and a lot of work. And I'm sure whoever wrote this director, all of that probably put their heart and soul. It is inevitably going to be a movie that, that people just forget. It will, it's not your Ben-Hur, it's not your Gone with the Wind, it's not your one-hour photo, it's, it's, it falls into this kind of category. And I can say now, having done, at this point, I think it's like 63 episodes, 64 episodes of this podcast, so I feel very, very comfortable knowing that Johnny Legs is our mate now, so I don't feel like I need to oh, cover this up. Three Amigos. Yeah, we are. We're two of the he three amigos. That on Instagram. Fuck oath that this is a perfect example of one of those movies. It's yeah, just, just gonna. 
I well, yeah, and the thing that sucks is, and maybe I am a, like go and watch it if you're keen. Like a hundred percent, it's on Prime. Mm. Um, hundred percent, go for it. But maybe I'm uber critical because I love thrillers. They are my favorite. We all know. Would and you the, say it was a thriller, Mish? Would you say it was a Miller thriller? Because I think it was I would more say of a that's drama. what they. I think they want it to be a thriller. Yeah, because I, I would think put it's it like more, a whodunit murder mystery, but it's just I would put it more not. in a drama category. I think that was I, look. I I I would put it more in a drama category. But yeah, look, I am censoring myself, and now the DMs are going to come in, and they're going to be like, "No, talk," and I'm like, "No," because if I do talk, you you'll be bored. I'm like, I want to go really dig into like, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear what you're saying. Sometimes it just doesn't click. Yeah. And so that's why we're going to continue talking about other things. Um, what, I will you, what say, else do you want to say about Night Clerk? You I'll, always wanted to talk about Night Clerk. I want to say that uh, this is a recent – so, okay, here's, this is fun. When Zach and I first started this podcast, we did a list of all his movies uh-huh. uh, that, he, that we were going to categorise and that we are all going to watch. And then when we started the podcast, this movie came out. <laughs> And it's like, oh, shit, how is he still making film? So it just kept on coming out, all these new films, but this was the first one. So it's a very recent film. We have Dad Guizamo. He has Latin history for morons hair. Mm. So, And it is full Dad Guizamo. had just done Latin history for morons. When did Latin history for morons happen? Uh, 2019? I like the hair. I like like when he grows it out. I'm more of a fan when he does something with it. Yeah, same. This is a wispy look. You know, um, I think, you know, great cast. Yeah, it did good. Really good cast. I want to say, so there's a couple of people I believe that they should have brought in to help assist in this film. Uh, You will watch the movie and you'll know instantly what one of those is. But the other one is they should have spoken to detectives. And this is something that happened in Whispers of the Dark, Whispers in the Dark. Um, Go back, listen to that episode, read down, one of my favourites, definitely one of my favourite movies we've watched by Johnny Legs. But basically uh, after there's a killing, right, the main character whose name is Bart, uh, he is in the room uh, directly after the killing, right? And so that's, that's known by everybody. And... The detective character, Johnny Legs's character, uh, Detective Esparta, he goes over to Bart after yeah. the murder to kind of like chat with him. And the first question he asks him, the first question yeah. this detective asks someone who saw a murder, potentially could have been involved, but saw a murder, he yeah. goes, are you attracted to older men? And he was just like, no. And he's like, are you attracted to older women? Do they turn you on? It's like, that's fucking intense. Like, mm-hmm. but then the next scene he's like, no, I tell you what, it's something about what, how they fuck and how they, like, they, they look at sex and they get off. It's like he was obsessed with, obsessed with this guy's sex life. Obsessed with it. It was just, it's not how being a detective works. And if you go back to Whispers in the Dark, one of my favourite things was just Anthony LaPaglia, who was the detective, just yelled at everyone (laughs) constantly, Mm. threw a few punches, uh, Mm. out and out accused people. And that is what Johnny Legs' character in this, just like instantly goes, oh, it's him, and just accuses him to his face, tells his mother, Helen Hunt, shout out to Helen Hunt, that your son might have had something to do with this murder. It's like that isn't how these things work. It's just Mm. it's really hard for me to get on board 
When they're just so, yeah. Do you reckon that Helen Hunt is any relation to Greg Hunt, the Australian health minister? No. I don't yeah, think there's not. much of a hey, It's a pretty common last name. It's a very common last name. Sorry, I went to primary on. school. I went to primary school with a Josh Hunt. Oh, yeah. Uh, he really liked sports. I believe he was sports captain of the primary yeah, school. Yeah, right. Uh, Helen, Hunt was jo- was, Helen Hunt's great. But, yeah, no, I feel you. This movie, um, yeah, like, you know, is a dramatic film. Uh, sure, you know. Uh, there's not a lot to do for the actors. I just, I, you know? I just think it's very much sh- like uh, Johnny Legs comes in and he's like, well, it was probably him. And then it's an hour of like, oh, yeah, I reckon it was him. There's <laughs> no like screw tightening or, yeah, or anything fuck. like but that. But my it's issue like- is, my issue is a lot in, mo- in a lot of films is yeah. how detectives uh, uh, go about yeah. their jobs. I have a yeah. friend who is a detective. True story. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, yeah. And it's that's just not how it happens. It's just not you don't you just don't it doesn't work like that. Anyway, that stuff just really fucking pisses me Can off. I, I ask you a question, and you this may. is um, I don't know. I don't think this is a funny question, but YOLO. Do you think that a detective in a movie has to be realistic to what a detective really does, or do you think that? It's such a cinematic trope now, the idea of a detective, that what a writer has to ensure is not that it's realistic, but rather that it reads as realistic or that it feels believable. Yeah, 100%. Trope. 100%. It's the same thing as like a cheerleader. You know what I mean? Or like I've never met a cheerleader in my life. <laughs> really? I know. No. I have two friends that were Melbourne Storm cheerleaders. That's true so story. Funny. Two friends, are, two Melbourne Storm cheerleaders, and a detective. We should start it. There is a layer we to your friendship. Start a group. Groups, man. <laughs> There's just something to Mish where I'm like, you know, like we're all really fucked up individuals. Mm-hmm. All all people are, and when you get to know people more, it's like, um, you know, you realize how fucked up they are. And then there are these moments where I'm like, I wonder, like, what where. Misha's like insecurities or like Misha's like um, sort of particular set of um, uh, things, you know, personal things that Mish has that, you know, everyone has personal things, but particular. And then you say shit like my best friend is a detective and two cheerleaders. And I go, oh, yeah, that gives you a pretty warped perspective of the world. (laughs) If you want to be fucked up like me, befriend cheerleaders, detectives, and exclusively date chefs, and you're gonna be fucking. You're now, Mish. I'm not saying you're any more fucked up than anyone else I know. It's just like that's a that's a mix that that is a hard one to untangle. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, and I completely agree with you, one hundred percent. But no, my that's point so is, is funny. that like I think that cheerleaders now is a cinematic trope. It's like how they are. Same with like mm. art students and shit like that. Like I just mm. think that. Butlers, you know what I mean? Like I think that there's a lot of them and Detectives is definitely one of them. But it just, that, it just was a, it really took me out of the film when he was just like, I reckon that you're a dirty sex pest, complete stranger that I haven't asked any questions to yet. Yeah, there's a certain, like, like they need to be trying to solve the crime. They need to not have enough information and they need to try. It's like for the genre to work. Hmm. But do you know what? I read a review that said this film was a film noir 
and I realized that I have not watched much film noir. That's like a big gap in my knowledge. And this, I, think I don't that, think that this was noir. So have you watched lots of noir? No. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay, I, yeah. But no, I'm not saying the film, I'm not defending the film, I, whatever. I'm just saying I was like one of those things where I was like, I think like, I think that noir is a little bit less interested in who did it and a little bit more interested in the moral grey of characters and stuff. And I think that's just one thing that that I have in my head, a trope that that if there's a detective, it's about who done it. Whereas I think yeah. sometimes if there's a detective, it's a bit more about like, going into a bit more like Chinatown or, or, or Blade Runner where it's a bit more about like a moral, morally grey underworld and stuff. I, I believe I've spoken about this film before on the podcast, potentially. If not, I've probably mentioned it to you before. But an excellent noir film is a movie called Bound, B-O-U-N-D, Bound. Mm. You have talked about it on this podcast. Have I? Oh, oh, a sexy thriller. Wachowskis? I, Am I thinking of the Wachowskis? When it's the, the the one with the. It's got Jennifer Tilly, and yeah, Gina Gershon. The Wachowskis. Is it? Bound. I think it was the oh. one they did before the Matrix. Nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Noir deliciousness. It is a set like. Holy shit, I love Jennifer Tilly so much. This was the movie. Bound was the movie that like got that got the Matrix funded. Really? Bound was the movie where they were like, hey, you know what? These two can make a movie. Here's 75 million, make the Matrix. Oh well, go watch Bound. Have you seen Bound? I've never seen Bound. Oh, no. watch Bound. So whenever I think of whenever up. anyone says noir film to me, I think of Bound and the Night Clerk is nothing like Bound. So <laughs> to me, because that no, 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 no. But no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not that. Like, I'm literally not saying anything beyond like. I, when I watch a movie with a detective, I expect, uh, I expect like the focus to be on solving the crime. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it isn't and that's okay. What's but a movie? There are a, other issues with the film that I'm not going to. Yeah, go on. What is a good movie where they have like detectives and stuff? Like a crime movie. What's a really good one? Uh, like lots of good, like, like um, to a degree, Blade Runner is a sci-fi version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chinatown is that. Uh-huh. Um, Brick is a really interesting. See, I know a lot of the films that are like riffing on noir. Do you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of films are like riffing on the tropes, but yeah. I don't think I've seen any of like the original like like I've seen ditch. all the stuff like De Palma on, but I haven't mm. seen like the actual Rigididge. Yeah. So I watched half of M starring Orson Welles. Like I've watched not not Orson Welles. Orson Welles was the third man. I've watched like half of the third man. I've watched M. I've watched bits and pieces, but I haven't properly watched like noir. That's just like a big gap in my knowledge. And like the you, yeah, what's a really really good crime movie that I've been meaning to rewatch because it's the movie that we studied in year twelve for English. Oh God, um, God. is Lantana. Yeah, that's a good one. Very good. It's Anthony LaPaglia again. Shout out to you, Ant. Shout out, LaPaglia. Uh, a, a Vince Colosimo moment. Beautiful. Very, very good Australian film. Just putting that out there. 
Do, do you, know you don't need to Lantana, watch the nightclub. Go watch Lantana. Lantana is great. For, like, it's a great example of like ensemble films, which is something I think a lot about. Um, you know, film like, and do you know the best ensemble film? I am H O is Magnolia. I love Magnolia so much. I would say it's Steel Magnolias. Hey, great! As long as it's got Magnolia in the title, <laughs> title. I'm here for no, it. No, but genuinely, Steel Magnolias. What a fucking cast! You've got Sally Field, you've got Julia Roberts, you've got Shirley MacLaine, you've got Dolly mm-hmm. Parton. Excuse, you've got mm. Daryl Hannah. What a cast! Excuse that I movie. Think- that moves still magnolias. Oh, oh. Can I just say, beautiful. Mish, for a second here? I'm having a real realization right now that films featuring the word magnolia have many things in common. They're both um, ensemble films, yes. they both have a formidable cast for its era. Mm-hmm. Um, they both. That's it. That's all I got. There's also a movie uh, called Midnight at Magnolia. Uh, Can I just say of some of um, some of Magnolia's cast, just to go on the cast list thing. I've pulled it up on Wiki. Tom Cruise, Philip Seymour Hoffman, William H Macy, Alfred Molina, Julianne Moore, John C Riley. Like, is that not a character actor fest and a half? They're very true. I I've just not did a little. It. I just did a little 1999 indie film fan come just reading out that <laughs> list. Oh, you would love Magnolia. I've not seen it. It's literally, it's like this massive, massive, massive ensemble cast, right? So there's like 12 main characters, maybe more. It goes for three hours. But what's three hours divided by 12? Huh? Four. What's three Four. hours divided by divided 12? By tw- 40, no, not 40 minutes. No, I don't that's, know. That's, let me just do the maths on that because what I'm trying to say is it's 60 times 3 divided by 12 equals 15, right? Yeah. So it's 15 minutes. So every character, you've got the best actors in the world and they've got these, these stories that interconnect, but what it actually means is they all only have about 15 minutes of screen time. So yeah. literally it's three hours of the of the shouty monologue in an Oscar film. Mm. Like it's literally just three hours of like, like that scene for three hours. And it's every actor (laughs) acting their pants off for three hours. It's in so good. It's literally Julianne Moore has like one scene to set up who she is. And then she Mm. goes to one place and has like this like Oscar worthy breakdown and then goes to the next place and has an Oscar worthy breakdown. And then the movie's over, but that just happens 15 times. Amazing. It's a phenomenal film. That reminded me of a movie uh, would have been early noughties. Uh, called Parashatem. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Parashatem yeah, yeah. is a movie <laughs> with a whole bunch of five to 15-minute short films in it. When think, I went to... Um, s- think uh, Twilight Zone the movie, if you haven't seen Parashatem. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I so, just love doing as, like, old of a moral. <laughs> so I went and saw that. When I saw that movie, I didn't realise that's what it was. And in this, the second short film is this super, like, sexy, uh, like, art guy and some other guy that comes in and they kind of have this weird, flirty, beautiful moment together. 
Uh, one speaks French, the other doesn't. Super homoerotic. It's delicious. And then it ends and I'm, I can't wait to see what happens with those two. And then they never came back. And since then, I've always wanted to know what happened to those two. But that's I could never. That's amazing. Yeah, that's tough mm. for you. It was hard. No one knows what it's like to be me. How many Leguistamos do you give uh, one hour photo? And how many Leguistamos do you give the night clerk? Night clerk, three and a half Leguistamos. Okay. Night four, because he's in it heaps. Three and a half because he, because, because he's in it heaps, but it doesn't give him. Okay. I give it. You know. I get it. Lots to I do. I give it two Leguistamos. Because, Which yes, one? he's in it. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I give both. <laughs> I give both the night clerk and one hour photo two Leguistamos. Uh, the night clerk gets two Leguistamos because, yes, he's in it a lot, but he's not utilised properly. I'm not in love with the way they wrote yeah. the character. Yeah, two. It's two. It's a two Leguistamo film, despite the fact he's in it a lot. Got to give a big shout out to whoever cast John Johnny Legs, giving him a nice opportunity at a nice bigger role. But nah. Um, and I give one hour photo to Leguistamos because he's not in it a lot. Uh, but Christ, he'd be good. Wouldn't he have been good in it? He could have. If been he was like, the manager, the manager of the target. There's a bit where like the guy fires. Um, mm him and he's Mm. like why are you doing two sets of photos for every like towards the end he's like why are you doing two sets of photos for every every time this client johnny legs would have killed that role killed it's only one scene but he would have killed it yeah yeah i feel yeah he also would have done great i think in the lead of that film absolutely but it's hard to not it's but i mean i wouldn't i'm not saying that i'm not saying that he should replace robin williams robin williams is one of the greatest actors of all time. I'm just saying if he was in that role, he would have done it well. Oh, he could have played the dad in the family? Yeah. That would have been hot. If Robin Williams dropped out while they were making it, like they had Robin Williams for a bit but it took some time to get the funding and then Robin Williams had to go off and make Death to Poochie, Smoochie, (laughs) and then they had cast John Leguizamo in it, I think, and I never knew Robin Williams was attached and I just went and watched it at the movies when I was like... 13 when it came out, mm-hmm. I think I still would have fucking loved that movie and he would have done great in it. Fucking oath. This is what Absolutely. I'm saying. Absolutely. So how many Leguistamos do you give one hour photo? Uh, one, because it would have been better if he was in it. Not if he was in Robin Williams' role. If he was in any other role, it would have been better. If he was in Robin Williams' role, it w- would have been great still. I couldn't agree more. Um, Mish, and that's, that's Zach so and much. Mish's review of the night <laughs> Yep. And obviously, don't call it. Don't like, don't message it. Like, obviously, we have thoughts on the representation of Asperger's. We just decided not to discuss it. No. Don't come at us for not discussing we, we just decided not to discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank Mish. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so Goodbye. much, John Leguizamo. That's okay. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.